This program is not censored. Consider yourself warned. Lights, camera, action. When a script is written that is so bad that no one will film it, two men will bring it to life just so they can mock it. This is Table Reads. So the movie's kaput, which means your script ain't worth the buffalo shit on a nickel. Table Reads. With Sean McBee and Trevor Thompson. Hey, everybody. Didn't see you come in there. Uh, we have a special guest with us this week. Uh, Jimmy Williams will be continuing to help us out with our reading of Carnivore by Larry and Andy Wachowski. Who he is a very big fan of, by the way. Jimmy is a consummate Wachowski, or is it Wachowski's? Wachowski. Wachowski fan. Regardless of what sex they are. <laughs> he likes They're trying me. Yeah. They're trying me lately, though. I'm just saying. Why? Are they like the social justice warrior types? No, they're making movies like Jupiter Ascending. Oh, they made that? That's right. They did make that. Yeah, I haven't seen one of their movies since The Last Matrix, honestly. Uh, Sean was saying earlier, uh, Jimmy, about um, what movie was that? The Speed Racer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, do you, when you look at Speed Racer, Jimmy, do you, do you see a Wachowski Brothers, or Wachowski Brothers movie? Wow. In a way, because they were t- kind of touching on in the Matrix the anime thing, and you could see that they really, really studied the anime, and especially Steve, um, you know, Speed Racer. You know, they really studied it, so I could sort of <laughs> like see you them. Said Steve Racer. I, I, I actually was gonna say Steve Racer, but I didn't. Yeah. Steve Racer, inventor. You could, you, you, I think you can, I think you can see it, but um. To me, it's more about like what the content is, and not so much the imagery, because nobody had ever really did anything like Speed Racer before. So you couldn't really see, it, you know, like that that was visually new. I mean, it looked, yeah, it, 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 there was nothing in it that because I was what I was struck by was what you said. It was like when Sean, where I was like, oh, it looks like a Bukowski Brothers movie, and it's like, really, doesn't what what is it that specifically? It just seemed like they were focused so so much on the, uh, you know, playing around with the progress of time in a in an action sequence. You know, slowing things down, moving around them like bullet time, and and all that sort of like super stylized stuff. I not that it looked like their previous films, mm-hmm. but that it like the stylization of it seemed Wachowskian. That movie V for, for Vendetta seemed more like them to me than Speed Racer, and they didn't even direct V for Vendetta. They just produced it, and uh, I think they wrote the script. Why yeah, do I but, feel like John McTiernan directed that? Is he that did. Accurate? He did. Oh well, that's he why did. then. Yeah, he directed. Good that. job, McB. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a bad movie, but no, no, they just now lately, uh, uh-uh, uh, uh, uh. So let's go back to uh, Carnivore, see where they all started. Well, first, we need to discuss... Previously on Table Reads. So in our last installment, um, essentially not too much happened. There was a lot of uh, allusion to the fact that this soup kitchen may be feeding people, um, which... Definitely. uh, Or maybe serving people. Um, Not to be confused with giving people service. 
but actually serving people. Also, there were uh, some creepy naked people out behind the place uh, eating raw meat that was being thrown to them by Rex Mundi, a.k.a. Creepy Motherfucker Dude. And, uh, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, John and Ophelia fucked. Did they? Or did they almost? They implied. No, they... they fucked like a motherfucker. Oh, okay. And she had that great line, you know, he feeds me, then he eats me. Yeah. Then I thought something interrupted them, like there was a noise, but I guess I was No, wrong. no, that was that was just a little sleight of hand where they they make us think that it's their crazy monkey sex we're hearing and they are having sex, but the crazy monkey sex is coming from outside the window and and it's not monkeys, it's dogs. And they're fighting over a bone. Some weird bone. That John has never seen before. Like, is he supposed to be familiar with all the bones in town? Yeah, I know. Like, he could tell a fucking cow femur from a human. You know. Or you know, maybe it's shaped like a giant heart. <laughs> that would be a weird bone to see. It would be. Yeah, it's like with all the fucking pumps on. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's where we are. We're on page 40 toward the top. If you're reading along at home and why wouldn't you be? Yes. Cause uh, the, the script is available on table reads podcast.com yes. every episode. So you can read along at home. So, um, Jimmy, do you want to continue with the direction or do you want to hand that off? I thought I was going to get a fade in, but yeah, that's all right. No, we got to wait until you start before you, you have to agree to be the narrator before we, we fade, fade in, before we give you the fade in, fade in. like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, I agree. Right. I agree. I agree. All right. And, let, and so it begins. Fade in. Exterior, the cityscape, dawn. The sun has begun to rise. Interior, Ophelia's apartment, dawn. Ophelia enters, closing the door behind her. She is very disheveled, her dress not zipped all the way up, still very tipsy and smiling. Obviously, she had a good time. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Then she hears something, something inside her apartment. It is still and dark inside, the orange of dawn hardly visible behind the drawn blinds. Who's in here? Her heart pounds as she reaches for the nearest light. Because you can, you can film that. Yeah, exactly. I have a gun. <laughs> I don't believe you, bitch. No. The light clicks on a metal desk lamp and she shines it into the darkness. She lets out a scream when the improvised spotlight finds. When the, improvi- with the, when the improvised spot finds, Roman Lynx hunched strangely standing on her futon bed. Like a perch, he's perching. He looks over his shoulder. His broken nose is taped up. His eyes wide, like an animal frozen in the headlights of a car. Shit, Roman! What, bitch? <laughs> Didn't expect me to actually cut him off properly, did you? <laughs> he charges at her, and he's and he's and she sees that he is naked under his long black leather coat. By oh. the way, he's wearing a long black leather coat. Typecast hey. like a motherfucker, man. Flashy. Bitch, filthy fucking bitch! She rips the lamp from its cord, the light flashing blue as it dies. As 
He lunges at her. She swings the lamp violently, catching him on the side of the head, knocking him over a chair. Link scurries wildly to his feet and races for the door, still screaming. She slams the door behind him and slides the heavy iron deadbolt. She nearly crumbles with relief, but realizes something is wrong with her apartment. There is a terrible smell. Or a delicious one. Yeah, it depends. (laughs) Interior Mission Kitchen Day. Granny stirs up a mixture of liver and onions as John enters. A smile stretched from ear to ear. His hair is pointing in various gravity-defying positions. <laughs> that smells good. And a good morning to you, John. John smiles. I saw your company leaving this morning. You did? She was walking funny, wasn't Yeah, you? all fucked up. Was she all right? Yeah, it was like a V8 commercial. Again with the embellishments. <laughs> <laughs> how, do you, how do you not, though? I mean, come on. <laughs> Any actor would make that same embellishment on set. <laughs> he sure as hell would. <laughs> you don't really play him like a hayseed, though. <laughs> <laughs> you you play him like half a pimp. <laughs> he's feeling that weight. He's, he's getting the taste of you. He just got fresh. fucked by Ophelia. Yeah, he's got fucked by Ophelia. He's being taken into this secret thing. You know, he feels it. He's not a hayseed. Uh, oh, is it my line? Say your line again, dude. That smells good. John smiles. All right. I saw your company leaving this morning. You did. Man, man, I'm starving. All right. That wasn't. No, no. Read. You did. Was she all right again? You did. Was she all right? Oh yes, wearing an equally wearing an equally ridiculous smile. John smiles even harder, almost blushing. Man, am I starving? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Worked up a good appetite, did we? Maybe you'd like a taste. <laughs> oh no, not from you, no. <laughs> Time to roll them old doors back up, Granny. <laughs> she scoops up a spoonful. A loving spoonful. Yeah. Right now, I can eat anything. Except that. Except that. <laughs> <laughs> she offers him the steaming helping of meat and wet onions, and he opens wide. I'm getting sick. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting rough in here, boy. It's, it's hot. Oh, it's it stuffy in here. Carefully, he is again surprised by the richness and the flavor. Rolling it in his mouth, the liver seems to melt away, his face contorting orgasmically. Granny smiles, holding her spoon like some bizarre advertisement. I don't like where this is going. No. (laughs) Interior Ophelia's apartment day. In the background, we can hear a vigorous scrubbing sound. The phone begins. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta get that wet spot out. Scrub that shit out, bitch. The phone begins to ring, but the scrubbing does not stop. The answering machine clicks on. Remember, it's the early 90s, everybody. Yeah. There are answering machines. That's right. And pay phones. And phone booths, yeah. When I woke up, I was thinking maybe it was all a dream. But then I found, well, not exactly a glass slipper. Interior mission stairwell day. John Just the on diaphragm the payphone. on the floor. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, it's so nasty. John on the payphone. He's holding it against the wall and sticks. Oh, he's holding panties. A cliche. He's right. holding them and looking at them as if he's never but, but, seen them before. Yeah, Jimmy, but this is it. this is cliches. Like yeah. this whole script reads like 
the Wachowskis had just discovered old episodes of the Twilight Zone. Cliche the movie. <laughs> well, they don't they don't do this next line too much in movies. Smiling, he smells them. As if they were a country morning. A country morning. <laughs> this nigga is taking them in. <laughs> Ooh, but this is not your the typical fairy tale. The scent opens your eyes. <laughs> oh, the beautiful smell of milk and ammonia. <laughs> but this is and not your typical fairy tale. Interior, Ophelia's apartment day. Ophelia on her hands and knees. Mm, that's what she is, boys. Wearing rubber gloves. Scrubbing the carpet with a heavy brush and sudsy water. Gotta get Perhaps I should scour the countryside, trying every butt, searching for the perfect fit. She drops the brush into the bucket and grabs the phone. Hello, John. I'm home. Hey, I called, but they said you weren't coming in. Not hungover, I hope. Not exactly. Are you okay? I don't know if I want to talk about it. Oh no. Was it Roman? He sounds so concerned. Oh no. Was it Roman? Jesus, Jimmy, give it a fucking a modicum of effort. Oh really? A modicum of effort. Oh no. <laughs> was it Roman? <laughs> oh no. Was it Roman? Oh, it was Roman, wasn't it? Uh, oh, darn. I know I yeah, don't worry about it, baby. I got it. Oh, he's gonna kill you. <laughs> the next line he's gonna be like, shit, what happened? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's a long beat. Beat, beat. Yes. Shit. What happened? His voice is very faint. Her voice is very faint. He just scared me. When I came in, he... What? Huh? He did what? He pissed all over my apartment. Ophelia, just tell me where he lives. No, John. I called the police. They're looking for him. I had the landlord change the locks. I don't want it to get any worse. Okay, I understand. But if you need anything, anything. Thanks. John, I had a really beautiful time last night. So did I. <laughs> Call me tomorrow. I will. Slimage surges in a day. I think it is supposed to be slimage, mm -hmm. since it's a liposuction clinic. Yeah. But uh, that shit says slimage. It says slimage. Read it however you want, Jimmy. I'm reading it like slimy. Good. Slimy. Because fuck Miss, those Wachowskis. Slimy fat. Miss Cydia is again in the waiting room. She sits awkwardly as her thighs, buttocks, and abdomen are encased by heavy medical binders used to patch the liposuction punctures. There is tension to her body as though she were afraid that motion might cause some seepage, some meaty human juice to leak out of the sieve like holes. Nice. Yeah, Ophelia. Are you all right, Miss Sedier? You're smiling today. Am I? I guess I am. Is I came home to a pee-filled apartment. <laughs> 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 so it's definitely a boy. <laughs> Is it a boy? Smile brightens. Yes. Of course. I remember that smile when I fucked you. <laughs> it feels wonderful while it lasts, but there's the trouble with smiles. They, but that's the trouble with smiles. They never do. The smile fades. A bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? Yeah, right. And how do you wish to pay for this visit? By check, as usual. There was a problem with your last check. Oh, I've, I've already spoken to Shelley about that. Fine. 
Can I ask you something, dear? How much do you weigh? About 108, I think. <laughs> Vicky Vale. <laughs> 118. A size 7? 6, bitch! Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, well, 6. Water weight. <laughs> well, I once weighed about... Four, I once... Uh, God damn it. I once weighed 104 pounds, or a size 4, and had 18-inch waist just like Scarlett O'Hara... She leans back and smiles. Interior clinic. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So basically she says, I see that you're happy. She's fat shaming her. Happiness doesn't last. How much do you weigh? Yeah. Oh, my fat ass used to weigh more than you, or less than you. So uh, I'm just going to sit back smugly and smile now, knowing that your future is uh, garbage like mine. You really want to talk shit to the person who's about to come at you with a knife and put you under? Like... Well, she's already had this done. I think she's... She's on her third. She's getting her seepage plugs hold. (laughs) It still has to fuck with your temperament a little. I mean, come on. She's she's bound. Yeah. (laughs) That was some fucked up shit. Ms. Sedier is a cunt. Anyway, go ahead, Jimmy. Dr. Mano positions Miss Sedia's lower legs in the stirrups of the adjustable operating table. Dr. Mano, you know that guy's handsy. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Sedia stares up past the bright lights at the mirrored ceiling. I wonder who he has one-on-one conversations with. Mano. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you guys laughed at that. I was expecting fucking nothing. I'm Sometimes surprised I got it. Sometimes you just get one because, you know, you yeah. give it to you. Right. Eventually, you got to laugh at the progeria, kid, so. All right. She stares up past the bright lights at the mirrored ceiling as the anesthetic is fed into the air mask. Okay, Mrs. Sedia, from 100. 100, 99, 98, 96. She sucks at the gas. <laughs> Her thoughts Ow. drifting up to the mirror. 95. 90. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Oh, fuck Outside. that. Yeah. Fuck that. Fuck that dialogue. Yeah. Yeah, you don't like mirror, mirror on the wall? That's all I got to say no. is fuck that. That's the, <laughs> I would have taken that dialogue. I would have I taken that dialogue out of Ocean Child. That would have been too cheesy for me. Ugly old bitch looking at a mirror saying mirror while she's trying to make herself more beautiful says mirror mirror on the wall. How fucking on the nose and cliched and terrible. God, I'm glad they cut off their dicks. Yeah, but it's the kind of shit that a 22 year old fanboy of film would think was slick. Yeah, that's the problem. That's That's the whole problem. Especially in the 90s. That's the thing. I wouldn't have. uh... I mean, we're going to do boxes and drumsticks eventually, which is what Ocean Child became, which is my script. But, dude, I would have not. I wouldn't have written that when I was 17. Fuck 22. You, Poverty got I'll you down, you. old chum. All right, fine. Maybe I would have. <laughs> Wait, I didn't write that. That was I'm, your line. But almost certain that was me, yes. <laughs> but still. I was okay with it. We were both <laughs> both super guilty of some suit. Like, oh, God, yeah. We both loved... Um, Give me the greens, Grandpa, or else you get a new mouth where your throat used yeah, to be. Yep. We. I like. I like. Wash your mouth out with buckshot. See, that's a good line. Yeah, we're that's talking a good about line. Shitty lines. Yeah, it's a good line. I like it. We're talking about our shitty lines that we thought were good when we were kids. Anyway, I I, I didn't mind this one that much. It didn't seem too heavy-handed to me. You guys are sensitive. 
Did you listen to our old to the Urban Folktale script? Did you ever read that? Not unless you read it to me. Uh, no, that wasn't you, Urban Folktale. That was uh, or um, Highlander. Highlander. You should go back and listen to these old podcasts, Jimmy and audience. He's right, you know. Yeah, chastise him. Go, go, go! Listen to our first couple episodes. It's our Highlander script. It's so, 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 so bad. It's even the title is bad for a Highlander movie. It's called Highlander: The Immortal Battle Continues. It's bad. No title should ever have the word "continues" in it, unless it's for a video game. I think, I think it was two episodes, the Highlander one, and it's only sixteen pages. Yeah, it was a sixteen-page script, and it took us two hours to get through it. That's how bad it was. We couldn't stop, like... There's, like, a solid four minutes of laughing at one line of dialogue. Yeah, and I think that was it. The poverty got you down, yeah. old chum. You, you Man, I might go back and listen to that one. You yeah. should. You really should. We had to have been, what, 17 when we wrote that? We started when we were 15. We did? Yes, sir. Huh. Okay. I feel better now. Yeah. That's pretty cool, though. When I was 15, I was writing poetry. And so was I. Those- yeah, little short yeah. stories. Yeah, I don't think any girl has ever once read a poem and been like, "I have to fuck this guy." I don't think that's ever happened ever. Oh uh, man, I mean, in high school, read, in high school, never read. Oh, okay. In I was high gonna school. say, there's. I mean, you gotta, you gotta lift from the right people, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, you gotta, yeah. You gotta get Shelly. I'm know? sure. I'm, Byron, Byron's yeah, good. Yeah. I'm sure there's a Pablo Neruda. All those guys that you just mentioned, I'm sure, were knee deep in pussy. Yeah, I'm saying, but you got. But I bet in high school they weren't. No, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. In high school, it was like, dude, you're too deep, or what the fuck did you just say? (laughs) Also, you know their poetry sucked in high school. Yeah, you got you got to live before you can write poetry. Exactly, exactly. I don't think I've ever. I don't think anyone's ever read a a really good poem and then said, and they were 17 when they wrote this, and their parents got a divorce. That's what led to it. Like I've, I have read some really good stuff from people that were like kids, man. Really good shit. Really good poems. You guys are. Crazy. You got to send them along, man, because I've, I've, I'm always on the lookout. For I that mean, guy. like I used to enter poetry contests and stuff when I was a kid and stuff, and did there be some really tight shit up in there because kids were reading poetry. Like even if you didn't know it, like you could, like say you couldn't play the blues like fucking Jimmy, um, Jimi Hendrix, but you could definitely learn the licks, Jimmy. I just love that while talking about poetry, you said there was some tight shit up in there. <laughs> That's why he wrote it. Anyway, outside the observation window, maybe? Yeah, well, Ophelia pets the fat white cat. The sudden vacuum where makes the cat cry out. Shh, it's okay. Wow. Broke that puss. The cat continues to cry as Dr. Mano goes to work. Felicity squirms and jumps free. Felicity! He follows the darting cat who runs straight to Shelly's office. Interior of Shelly's office day. The cat stops circling a pair of high heels, its white tail curving up the perfect calf of Shelly Perdue. Ophelia? I'm sorry, Mrs. Per- Ms. Perdue. The cat got spooked. I'm fine. Come here, look. She is standing at the wall adjacent to the reception area. The two-way mirror behind Ophelia's desk allows Shelly to look into the waiting area while maintaining the privacy of her office. Is that him? The one you brought to the mission? Ophelia looks out the glass and sees John talking to Mimi, one of, the sh- one of Shelly's stunning beauty technicians. Yes, John. He's adorable. 
Ophelia smiles again. He is. She starts to turn for the door. Wait, watch. I want you to see something. Look at his eyes. Mimi smiles at John, batting her luscious false eyelashes. John jokes with her, smiling boyishly. Finishing a report, she stands to return a file to an open cabinet. The drawer is very low. She bends. He watches. Yes, there they are. Eyes like that never lie. Ophelia's smile again fades away. <laughs> fucking bring the bitch is bringing her down. Yeah, man. <laughs> I guess sad meat tastes better. Yeah. <laughs> I taste the fear. Don't feel hurt, Ophelia. Or jealous. He's only looking at her as he as one might look upon a Monet or a Michelangelo. Michelangelo. Beauty demands our admiration. His eyes speak for him, but you mustn't fault their honesty. She scoops up the purring cat like a pimp. But if I were you, I would certainly ask myself, does he look at me like that? Oh, I forgot I'm allergic to cats. (laughs) She did say in a previous scene she was allergic to cats, y'all. I'm not making that up. That's true. You know, this is getting kind of thoughtful for a cannibal movie. Anyway, interior reception area day. John turns as Ophelia enters the waiting area. Ophelia! Oh, that's not... <laughs> I know, you got stepped all over that shit, but... Ophelia! <laughs> Why did we invite him to do this again? I don't know. <laughs> You're breaking my heart. Because I'm... Because <laughs> I'm not a strong reader, so... <laughs> And by the way, I'm, I am keeping a mental uh, Rolodex in my head of all the number of times that Jimmy fucks up <laughs> his reading. And I'm just like, well, I couldn't have done that better, obviously. Got to look to the guy. I think in the future I'll do the direction because <laughs> when I mess up, it's uh, hilarious. Just, just me messing up. It's not like a oh, vision yeah. problem. <laughs> yeah, say your line, dumbass. Yeah, say it like Stella. Good job. John, what are you doing here? I came to take you to lunch! (laughs) (laughs) I made reservations! Yeah, he's out there holding a giant boombox in the rain. (laughs) She's like, reservations, bitch. After watching you look that bitch up and down, I got reservations. Yeah. Yeah, they do let you eat lunch, don't they? Well, let's, let's do the line properly. Uh, reservations? Yeah. They do let you eat lunch, don't they? Yes. She grabs her coat and purse while Mimi smiles at them. Have a nice time. Fuck you, Mimi. <laughs> Interior restaurant day. It is a trendy little bistro. A charred pepper-crusted filet mignon is set before John. This is exactly the kind of place I'd like to open one day. Oh, man, doesn't that smell good? Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. This morning, he asked to borrow a quarter so that he could call Ophelia. Now a filet mignon is being set in front of him? What the fuck, y'all? He made reservations. They better explain this shit. It's a lot cheaper when it's made out of people. They better explain this shit. That's all I'm saying. It's a trendy bistro. It's not made out of people. All right. Anyway. (laughs) This is... Exactly the kind of place Trendy I like bistros to made of people! 
Richard Pep Prestit Filet Mignon. They like steak. I like the Wachowskis. They like a nice steak in these yep. shots. And this is exactly the kind of place I'd like to open one day. Oh, that smells good, doesn't it? She nods and smells all that avocado salad. There's like salad. three pages of you guys going back and forth. No fucking way. You looked that up. Yeah. Good. That's always dreadful when you do that. <laughs> You're like, oh, shit. So, okay. So let them get on with it. Yes, let's get on with it. Take she a nods. break. All right, you guys, you guys go ahead. I'm gonna go take a shit. Go. Apparently, got plenty of time. Go to it, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, and right when we're like, you know, wanting your line, you're gonna be squeezing out that last puppy, like fucking Bashi. Like Bashi, yeah. Yeah. Fifty, fifty, (laughs) fifty. All right. She nods as a walnut and avocado salad is placed in front of her. There is a clatter of wielded knives and stabbing forks as John begins sawing open his meat. Sawing open his meat. That's the very Hotel California. Yeah. <laughs> you can check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. <laughs> it can't be too big. I mean, that's the trick. The bigger it is, the more prep there is. The less fresh it is and more assembly line it becomes. You might as well open a McDonald's. God, I'm starving. Red, red, ruddy juice oozes from a glistening cube of steak that he pitchforks into his mouth. It's lovely, John. I've always wanted to come here, but it's so expensive. Mm, mm. He nods, his jaw grinding hard while she watches him, her fork furiously advancing on her salad. Where did you get the money? Suddenly he grimaces, choking down the lump of meat. Is something wrong? I had a funny taste, like charcoal. Maybe it's overcooked. He pokes at the bloody steak. Are you kidding? It's almost raw. It's supposed to be. He continues to eat, but tries to cut away the charred crust, slicing out the reddest part of the steak. So, you didn't answer my question. Granny gave me some money. She said she knew I'd pay her back someday. She's so sweet. Yep, she is. And she's a hell of a cook. Her stew is amazing. I'm trying to get the recipe. It's unbelievably rich. How's your salad? Green. It's good. (laughs) Yeah. But I know what you really want. He stabs a teeny bit of steak into a single fork. Teen. Tine. Teen. Tine. Tine. All right. Come on, just a little taste. John, you know I don't eat meat. Why not? Is it a tasting or an ethical thing? Ethical, mostly. You don't believe those vegetables died for you? They don't have eyes. Potatoes do. Mm-hmm. But they're not vegetables. What do eyes have to do with life? <coughs> a blind man isn't alive. That's not ethics. It's just discrimination. I don't have to have a reason. It's a personal choice. I know, but it's not like it's the forbidden fruit here. You won't burn in hell for it. And one teeny weeny taste won't burn, won't turn you into some kind of strung out meat addict. Come on, try it. Um, why? Why do you want me to? Haven't you ever watched two people in a restaurant feeding each other, sharing their food? I know why they do it. It's because they're in love. They want their lover to taste what they're tasting, to feel what they're feeling. That's all it is. Also, I really want to remind you of how we met when someone else was doing this very thing to you, which led to me getting stabbed. They all they need is a fucking noodle. 
Ophelia yeah, smiles right. nervously. Spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> okay. She watches as he lifts the teeny, uneven cut of meat to her mouth like a bizarre communion. She closes her eyes, her lips slowly parting as he slips the fork inside. Oh yeah, take it, bitch. Yeah, John smiles as she chews. Little party going in there? Little party I, going on in there, I think. Yeah, a little party going on in there, I think. Huh? Ophelia. Ophelia sh- oh, yeah. <laughs> huh? The heavy taste blooming through her. I can't believe I just did that. I must really like you. In that case, why don't we pick up some pig's feet and have a real life? <laughs> Who is she dating, Jamil? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> oh, I get it. You're Satan. You hate me now? Oh, I love Satan. <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe I just need a taste. A teeny weeny taste. A what tiny teeny weeny taste. What you trying to say? She leans toward him and they kiss. Exterior restaurant date. From far away, someone watches as they exit the restaurant. We hear the... Help me out with these words, man. Mm-hmm. The... The mucus, the mu, the, the mucus whistle, meaning oh, no, mu- like a booger oh that's stuck god. in your in your nose. Oh my god! They need their asses kicked for putting that in there. We hear the mucus whistle of his breathing and a sound that is rhythmically swick, chick, swick, chick, because that's exactly how it sounds. Is that a, is that a butterfly knife? Is he like just playing with a butterfly knife while he breathes like he's masturbating? Creepily. Maybe he's, maybe he's masturbating. Maybe he has a deviated septum, Sean. Why don't you not be so Trevor thinks deviated septums are hilarious. They are. Uh, that was wonderful. Thank you. Can I see you tonight? I'd like that. Roman Lynx peers around the corner of the alley, fondling a switchblade that he continues to open and close. There's the switch. Switch. Chick. Exterior, the mission night. A crescent moon cuts scythe-like through the clouds. Interior, Fuck your scythe-like cutting moon. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> and your mucus whistles. That's what I'm talking about. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Interior, kitchen night. Trevor would throw that shit out every time he sees some shit like that in a script. He'd be like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. Interior, kitchen night. John is washing bowls. The stack appears to have doubled in size. He is about to drown another beneath the sudsy water when he notices a small puddle of stew gravy at the bottom of the bowl. Oh, gotta get me some of that. He slips <laughs> off his yellow latex glove and runs his finger along the curved belly of the bowl. Sticking the coated finger into his mouth, he sucks. After a moment, we hear a small crunch as he absently bites down. Ow, shit! A tiny drop of blood swells around his knuckle and he sucks on his finger again. Outside, one of the alley dogs begins to bay. Interior. <laughs> interior slimy surgery center date. There are several women in the waiting room, in the waiting area, all of whom are reading glamour magazines. Ophelia at a reception desk is also reading a glamour magazine. The only sound in the clinic is the rattle of magazine pages being turned. Beneath her desk, Ophelia rubs her thighs together. She has a terrible itch on the inner part of each thigh. Glancing up, she stereotypically slides her hand under her dress. As she scratches, her nail catches on something that hurts to touch. Well, yeah, Concerned, you think. Yeah. Concerned, she goes to the bathroom. Interior bathroom day. Alone in the stall, she pulls her dress up and examines her thigh. There are several red sores swollen with irritation. At the center of each sore is a white protuberance, like a thigh, but harder. Interior, What's Dr. A Miles. 
It's like a um, like a zit. Oh. Yeah, you know, like a, like a, a small abscess. Uh, we call those things. like a skin ulcer type thing. Like a cyst. Okay. Yeah, they look like giant zits. Uh, okay. Exactly, they're nasty. All right. Uh, Shelly is talking to Doctor Mano when Ophelia enters, obviously upset. I'm sorry to interrupt, Ms. Purdue, but there's something... something wrong with me. What is it, Shelly, dear? I don't know. I thought it was just a rash, but... You're Shelly. You just said your character name. What is it, Shelly, dear? But Shelly says, what is it, dear? Oh. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> what is it, dear? <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was just a rash, but it's gotten worse. It's all right. Come sit here and let Dr. Mano have a look. She gestures to the examination table, and Ophelia sits, fitting her feet into the real, to the steel stirrups. Swinging a light between her legs, Dr. Mano examines the sores. Oh no. What? What is it? Does this hurt? Come on, give him a different voice. You sound just like John. Does this hurt? Thank Dr. You, Trevor. Mano. That's not how you do Dr. Mano. Dr. I don't give Mano. a fuck. You didn't give it. You didn't. Dr. Mano sounds just like this. Does this hurt now? All right, if you want to go with that, it's your show, man. I'm going. You guys fight it out amongst yourselves. No, I'm not going to fight for that. Does this hurt? Ow, yes. How bad is it? Difficult to say. Tell me, please, what is it? Calcified cellulite. In certain cases, particularly with vegetarians, cellulite spreads beneath the derma like a spore, typically in dark, moist places like between toes or the inner thigh. The danger is that it is impossible to know how large the tumors have gotten. Tubers. 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 The tubers are well. Ooh, uh, He's tubers. supposed to be saying tumors, but it's a yeah, typo. I, it's a typo. I, I don't know what a tuber is. It could be real. He probes her flesh, feeling a large lump. With a pair of gleaming stainless steel forceps, he clamps hold of one of the white nubs. He pulls, and the nub is revealed to be a thick white stalk, like a root growing from the eye of a potato. Nice, Trevor. You caught that shit. You're yeah. It. Ophelia winces and writhes in the chair as Doctor Mano continues pulling the stalk. It's coming. Hold on. The side of her thigh bulges, the root obviously connected to something much larger. Ophelia screams as the fist-like potato of calcified fat is torn from her thigh. Interior of the bedroom. (laughs) Ophelia continues to scream. (laughs) Ophelia? I hope someday a woman gives birth making that noise. (laughs) How do you act a question mark and exclamation? They kill me with that. Ophelia? Like Ophelia? That was like that. It's not hard, Jimmy. But you know it's her. That was never a question. No, no, it's not. It's not a question of who it is. He hears her scream, and it's a. He's exclaiming. He's calling to her. Yeah. Okay, so he's just saying Ophelia. Like, like if you heard a loud crash from the other room where your grandma is, you'd be like, Grandma. You're like. Asking if she's okay, but you're not wasting but if the you, time to put the whole sentence yeah, out. Yeah, but if you yeah, because if but if you didn't see her, you'd say grandma. But if uh, you saw her, you go grandma. How many times are you guys gonna make me say Ophelia? I just said it like three times. Not enough. Well, Ophelia. That a boy. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> there you go. I feel you. Ophelia breathes, looking at John, realizing she is in her apartment. It was a dream, just a bad dream. Man, I'm surprised we didn't call that. 
She opens her leg and examines the inner thigh. What? Something wrong with your leg? Do you know what that is? Yes, I know it very well. There are several small dimple-like marks on her thigh. No, but it looks good to me. He starts to bite her, but she pushes him away. It's not funny. It's cellulite. It means that I have a diffused pattern of irregular and disconnective tissue. It's a genetic predisposition. That's what's so horrible. There are Olympic athletes with cellulite. It doesn't make any sense. Why would nature design something like this? Or, or acne or warts? What's the purpose? So people like Shelley Perdue could make a lot of money. That's not an answer. I don't know, Ophelia. Maybe nature's evil. Do you know the only way to get rid of cellulite is to go UTK? UTK? Under the knife. It's done with lasers now, but we still call it UTK. She leans back down, switching off the light. I think you're right, John. Nature is evil. Exterior alley, night. A big stray is viciously digging at the garbage behind a mission. That's some good garbage. Senses someone, his head jerks up. Roman Link stops. He looks terrible, still wearing the same clothes, one brown custody rod still plugging his nose. Let me, dog, let me stop you right there. Does he not seem like a Stephen King character to you? Like trash can? Yeah. He's just like this guy that's continually getting worse as it goes along, creeping around. We don't know what his deal is. He started off crazy. He gets crazier. And he's just on the fringes of the story, just popping in, in and out here and there. Yeah, it's not just Steven, though. But it's... That, 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 that's also fucking J.K. Rowling. That's fucking... That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. That no, but it's... Like, he's in a lot of action movies, too, that guy in th- horror films. Yeah, but no, no. This guy, like, he's getting viscerally more disgusting. Yeah, looking. he's getting worse. Yeah. Like, it's very, very Stephen King. Yeah, but it's, it's also, like, pre- precedes him. It's, a, it's just something they use. Like, you see it. I see it a lot. Like I was watching a, um, that that movie Johnny Mnemonic, and they had a character like that in that movie. And he, except for his worst was his mental thing. It just was getting worse, and he was on the fringes, but he had an important thing to play. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, Roman Link stops. He looks terrible, still wearing the same clothes. One brown, crusty wide, still plugging his nose. The dog growls. Link's growls back. The dog coils into his haunches, baring its teeth. Link slides the knife out of his pocket. Sweet! The dog attacks and Link slashes a bright red cut across its flank. Howling, the dog scampers away. Link smiles, wiping the bloody blade on his pant leg. Prowling along the back of the mission, Link searches for a way inside. He finds a rotting piece of plywood covering a basement window and pries it open. Interior basement night. Worming through the small window, Link drops down among the stalls of the men's room. The toilets are black with an unctuous grime. He slips on a patch of congealed grease as he moves through the showers into the locker room. Interior locker room night. Creeping through the maze of lockers, he finds the workbench. Several pounds of meat and miscellaneous organs have been fed through the grinder. Huge piles of hamburgers sit proportioned onto the butcher paper. Sniffing eyes wide as he reacts to every noise, Lynx creeps towards the refrigerators. One of the chains hangs loosely around the bulbous white of an old frigidaire. The padlock is open. Quietly, Lynx... Pops the door in the white light and swirling frost. His expression turns to horror. The door slams shut, revealing Kuru. Link's yelps, 
Coiling back, his knife flashing from his pocket, Kuru sees the tiny blade and smiles. From the back of his belt, he unsheaths his massive, gurky-like blade. Exterior mission night. Several smaller dogs now digging through the garbage react to a terrible animal-like scream. Interior, slimy surgery center day. Ophelia is sitting anxiously at her desk, staring into the appointment book. There are no names scheduled after 3.30. Ophelia begins to circle the open space, her pen orbiting the only blank hole in the book. After a moment, the circle becomes a spiral, the pen trail whirlpooling until the entire space is blackened into an inky tangle. She looks over at a clock. It is 3.20. She is now very nervous. Glancing at the mirror that separates her from Shelly, she gets up and goes to the bathroom. Interior bathroom day. Ophelia talks to the reflection. This is not a big deal. People change themselves every day. It's as natural as getting a haircut. It's more natural than having your ears pierced. If you have a cavity, would you ignore it? No. You see, it's not a big deal. But if is it? But, but if it isn't, then why am I freaking out? I don't know. You need help. The door opens, and Shelly smiles. There you are. Ready? Ophelia takes a breath and looks back into the mirror. The reflection answers. Yes. Interior operating room day. Hydraulically, the chair rises into position. Ophelia stares at the mirrored ceiling, breathing in the gas as Dr. Mano moves between her spread legs. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah, fucking that mirror again. Ophelia sees Shelly standing over her, angel blue eyes staring down, a smile half hidden beneath the surgical mask. Don't worry, Ophelia. Everything will be fine. It's just like magic. You go to sleep, and when you wake up, you'll feel wonderful. Your legs will be smooth and beautiful. It's what you want, isn't it? To be beautiful. Ophelia's body becomes light. Transubstantiating with the transubstantiating with the gas, and she feels herself floating up towards a reflection. That's some Catholic shit right there. Through the slurred syrup of her senses, she hears the whir of the machine. The first tiny white bits of Ophelia's inner thigh slap against the glass wall of the catch as the splattering sound becomes interior of Ophelia's apartment at night. They're doing that again. The coughing hiss of whipped cream spitting out the nozzle into a cloud-like mouth. <laughs> Ophelia puts a spoon into the chocolate sundae and carries it into the living room. Oh, I love that she gets liposuction and then immediately goes and has a sundae. Yeah, and it's the sundae that they... It's, yeah, nice. Puts a spoon into the chocolate sundae and carries it into the living room. John is on the futon. He looks like a piece of overcooked meat. His eyes are dark and hollow, his face gray and gaunt. Are you sure you're okay? You don't look very good, John. I'm fine. I'm just tired. Tired and hungry. She She hands hands him the the sundae. I hope this helps. You're not having one? No, I can't. Why? My surprise. John scoops up a spoonful of ice cream into his mouth. Ah, yes, the surprise. When do I see the surprise? Her smile says something naughty. I did it. Did what? Slowly, she slides her loose-fitting dress up over her thighs, revealing the heavy white binders. Oh, God. What happened? I got some lipo. What? I told you. The cellulite. Ophelia, you're crazy. Your body is perfect. As perfect as Mimi's? 
Who's Mimi? The one you were drooling over when you came to take me to lunch. I wasn't drooling. You certainly were. Alright, maybe a little. But I wasn't really interested. Oh no? No, there was nothing to her, I could tell. She's like an appetizer. Pretty, but never very satisfying. Is everything about food with you? Food is life, you know. So he grabs hold of her, lifting her onto his arms. What are you doing? I'm taking you to the bedroom. Yeah. I thought you wanted dessert. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Interior Ophelia's bedroom night. It is later. They are both asleep. It is later. They are both asleep. <laughs> Fit tight to each You know, other. typically you would say Ophelia's bedroom later. Yeah, exactly. And not start the action with it is later. Yeah. You don't even have to do that. You can just put they're both asleep. We get it. Uh, fit tight to each other like spoons. Again, John is having a tortured night. His face is wet with sweat when his body seems to jerk him awake. There's a smell in the I air. I love being sweats. jerked awake. Yeah, stop teasing. There is a smell in the air that swirls about him like perfume. He turns and sees the bandages on Ophelia's thighs. Oh, yeah. His gut squeezes hard and demanding as a fist. Sick and afraid, he pushes himself off the bed and away from her. John, where are you going? Hurriedly, he gets dressed. I have to go. I'm not feeling very good. I knew it. Something's wrong. I just need some rest. Promise me you'll go see a doctor. I'll give you the money. Just promise me. Okay, I will. I promise. Now go back to sleep. Okay, I will. I promise. Now go back to sleep. No, I didn't read it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, I was here. You, you, that's exactly how you read it. No, I didn't put a robot voice on it. You didn't need to. <laughs> well, yeah, I like that cadence. Like, what's he going to do? He's going to say, okay, I will. I promise. Jr. Because he's trying to emphasize each thing so he get the fuck out of there. And now she wants to kiss him. Kiss me. He does. But as her eyes close and he pulls away, he notices something he never had before. Oh, Jesus. Her the lips are red. The taste of her lips. Oh, my God. <laughs> Quickly, he leaves. So the stew is turning him into a cannibal. It's a fast, sad fact that he never noticed the taste of her lips before. All right. Exterior yeah. city street night. John crosses the street towards Babe the Blue Ox Barbecue. That sounds like some mean-ass barbecue. That sounds like it's real. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like that's a real place. <laughs> <laughs> they got some big shit. A late-night takeout joint. There is a group of rowdies in leather sitting outside despite the cold, guzzling beer and gobbling barbecue chicken. Smoke is billowing from the stack and John catches the scent of charbroiling ribs. He grimaces. A woman in the group nibbling at a chicken wing begins to laugh, a high drunken cackle. Something's wrong. <laughs> John looks at her and sees what she is now holding that she is now holding a large fleshy piece of raw meat. The human-like skin flaps with her laughter and a piece of gelatin falls to the table. Hey! What are you looking at? John turns, glimpsing that the woman is again holding a chicken wing. Dickhead. John hurries away, clutching his stomach. Very By the way, that, that direction was Leather Man. Mm-hmm. Man made out of leather. Yeah. So, wow. I guess the woman is turned into a Leather Man. Not to be confused yeah. with a Weather Man. 
Very different. He doesn't predict the leather. No. You can't predict That's, the leather. It's getting all, uh, what do you call it, uh, Jacob's laddery with the weird shit yeah. that he's seeing that's turning back to normal shit. Yeah. Um, what if, all right, so John hurries away, clutching his stomach. Very faintly, an ambulance siren can be heard. Something catches his eye, and he stops beneath a sign that reads, Casimir's Butcher Shop. The siren is getting louder. Keep, in mind, co- keep in mind that shop is spelled in the old-timey yes, shop two P's and an E. shop yeah, because that's exactly how they want it written and put down and mm-hmm. moved. They want, right. you to, they want you to know this has been here for a while. It's a shop. His head cocked, staring into the window, listening to a sound that is growing in his head, a sound like the buzzing of flies. The ambulance booms past, splashing red light across John in the storefront window. In that moment, John sees hanging in the window massive slabs of rancid meat covered with maggots and flies. Delicious. Got it. Dotted with black ink spots of rot, they swing ever so slightly, dripping oil and gelatin to the ground. John spins away, doubling over as he vomits. We see the window now filled with beautiful assortments of meats and sausages. Lovely. Oh, y'all niggas is eating. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> We're there now. We're there. Oh, We're finally yeah, we're at the point where the movie yeah. officially reveals itself. Uh, exterior mission night John stumbles towards the open alley door when he catches a scent that immediately bolsters his strength interior kitchen night Mundy is at the stove stirring the bubbling stew which is in unusually which is in an unusually large pot welcome home John where's granny off to bed she's left me to tend to the stew god it smells good you're hungry I can smell it on your breath that's a weird thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. But I yeah. haven't been I haven't been feeling very well. My stomach's upset. Perhaps just a taste then. Yeah, maybe. Just a little. Monday steps away and John edges closer to the stove. The rising vapors envelop him with medicinal magic. Maybe small. <laughs> it's like that good vapors. Yeah. You know, after the first episode, I was kind of worried that this was going to be a good script? Nope. No such luck. No such luck. <laughs> you remember we had that discussion. I do. I, I, we were a little worried, but you know what? We got we got at least four more episodes the, out of this The Wachowskis shit. came through for us. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a bad script at all. I just think it's kind of funny. Uh, the rising papers envelop him with the medicinal magic. Mundi smiles. It's definitely a first-time script. It's definitely a first script. I don't know. It's 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 got a little embellishment on it, just literarily wise. They've been writing plays. That's what I mean. They they've been doing some other shit. This is just like a, the tightest thing they came up with at that time. Um, Monday smiles as John slurps the thick broth from the spoon. Mm. Damn, that's good. I'm hungry. He drips the spoon in for another when a hand shoots up out of the stew and grabs his wrist. <laughs> <Read me. laughs> Oh my god. We were just talking about how shit this script was and Jimmy's like, I like it. <laughs> but, but wait till you get this get through this next line. Right it's before great. A thing tops out of this fucking stew. Jimmy go. Yeah, got carried. Yeah. He dips the spoon in another when a hand shoots up mm. out of the stew and grabs his wrist. <laughs> Screaming, he wrestles to get it free as the stew demon rises stew up. Demon. Out of- the <laughs> stew <laughs> demon. The stew demon. 
right? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on now. Hold on now. Come on now. Don't be too hard. Oh, on there's him. more. I see poop monsters and poop demons. As free as the stew demon rises up out of the brown magma. Brown magma. <laughs> you st- you, oh, you saw a poop demon in a movie that didn't take itself seriously. This shit, on the other hand. Oh, the stew demon well, I mean, from the brown gonna, magma. How are you going to describe a demon of stew? I mean, come on, Jimmy. Be, just, they made a stew demon. Just be, right. just be honest about the fact that this script is cornier than a scarecrow's dildo, and we'll move on. Look, it's not bad, but some of this shit, the way it's written, is kind of messed up. I mean, you could have described that better. I, mean, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see the movie. I would be interested. To, I would be interested to see if they made it this obvious in the finished movie what was going on, or if no, it's I just mean, the script totally where they keep blinking at you. But if you think about it, in the '90s, it would have like actually had to be a person covered in like Campbell's and shit. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't have no CG to be like you know like hey look it's a stew demon coming up out the pot. Um, I don't know, man. Demon. They Jurassic, were, Jurassic Park was '93. Yeah. Yeah, but come on, this is a fucking low budget. <laughs> Say no Jurassic Park would look at that, man. No. This is this is almost on leprechaun level. All right. As free as I need stew, me stew. <laughs> stew demon rises up out of the brown magma. Now that's just the curse right there. How that's great the, would it be the, if like in the last the act, brown magma is just the offense. It'd be that's great. That's the offense right there. It'd be really <laughs> great if this movie took like a turn, like you know, a horror movie that we didn't realize it was going for. Like the last act, it just turned, turned into out, a rom com. No, it turned out to be that it was like the blob, and it was just the stew was the fucking creature, <laughs> and it just like comes to life and like starts to kill people and then other people eat it and then they fall into it and then you know hold on there's there's a twist to this see mm-hmm. oh yeah, the, stew, the stew demon rises up out of the brag, brown magma until we see his face and realize <gasps> it is John and it probably really is him too this is this is probably going to lead to a scene where we see that John lives in a stew and in a funk and that he's, now, not, he's absolutely not going to wake up from no, yet another no, stupid nightmare no because I mean that's the thing it's a cliche to do it once fine to do it more than once I mean they already did it twice so that's yeah. their limit they can't I, possibly can't do it a third that, time yeah not a third time alright Jimmy go ahead and read they, they might shit Mm, Interior so. John's bedroom night. He wakes terrified. Holy shit! Where? Waited. Way to call it. I I wouldn't have seen it coming, but holy shit! Gradually, the panic subsides, and as it does, thoughts begin to fill his mind with the chill of ice water. Determined, he rises from his bed and heads for where he knows he must go. The mission. Interior night. A long blade knife is pushed through the wall, and John methodically jimmies back in the bolt from the jam. The door swings open without a sound. Got boy, got skill. The stairs curl into a beckoning finger into the darkness below. John descends, sweating almost immediately, clutching his knife. From below, we begin to hear music, barely audible, crackling through the old cheap radio. Interior, the locker's night. I think we're going to meet Otto again. Please let us see Otto again. The music is a catchy little music number like the girl from Ipanema. Through a slit, John sees Otto in the workshop. Otto. The butcher's hands are bloody to the elbows as, as he carries something that looks like a bleeding basketball. Oh, John, John moves with him. A bleeding basketball. <laughs> okay, this, you know, I don't you know. You know, as they, they do. I don't know why you would, you know, 
that I don't I can never picture you putting that's a skull right yeah <laughs> that is the weirdest way I have ever I can never picture even write something like okay John moves with them catching a glimpses his auto waddles to the nearest refrigerator waddles. a bulbous 1950s model which he opens yeah nice big fat boy standing in the wash of white refrigerator light and a swirly mist of cold steam Otto checks the object and then sets it inside he then closes the door and goes back to work Silently, John makes his way towards the refrigerator. In the background, over the continuing music, we hear Otto as he returns to work. The sounds are grisly, leading the in, leading the imagination towards the most gruesome speculations. The back and forth grade of a saw, followed by a series of shredding sounds like corn being husked, and then snapping like the crackling of crab legs. John inches towards the door handle, and suddenly the crackling stops. After a beat. There's a chilling, sucking sound. John, his heart pounding from his temples to his toes, opens the refrigerator. Because you can film that. Inside, he, he made sees that joke the eyeless, tongueless, sawed-open head of Roman Lynx. Oh, shit. The white tape. They're going to make Roman links. Wait, what? Okay. Hold, they're they're cutting up people? Yeah. Who, who would have thought that? Oh, my. Wow. This is shocking and amazing. I'm not that good an actor. Are they Are they? They going to make Roman links? Links? Yeah, I could see why this. Roman sausage links. Yes. His middle name has been sausage right, this wait. whole time. They're giving away too much. Before it is kind of shitty that they named him links, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. What's the matter? Hey, Roman cutlets was too fucking obvious. No, no, there was links hanging from the windows. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Inside, he sees the eyeless, tongueless, sawed open head of Roman links. The white tape still covers his broken nose. A scream catches like a barb in John's throat. <laughs> the knife slips from his hand, clattering to the floor. His hand covers his mouth as he stumbles back, slamming into the lockers. Otto, still sucking the marrow from the femur bone, whirls at the crash and sees John. He lets out a shrill animal yelp as John runs. Run, John! Run, John, run! Otto grabs the nearest cleaver and flails after him. John slams through the rows of lockers around the corner towards the stairs, now in sight, but to, but Otto whips around the corner, gaining. Wow. Raising the cleaver as John stumbles on the first steps, then lunges up the curving stairs just as Otto swings. The cleaver just missed, embedding into the wooden tread. Jerking it free, Otto scales the stairs into interior kitchen night. But John is already gone, the back door thrown open. Otto is about to follow when a hand reaches out and stops him. Otto is hunched back. Like a healed dog as Rex steps toward the door. He closes it, and in his black eye, we see the hint of a smile. Stop. In terror. Oh, right. we got to stop there, folks. Fade got out. It. Fade out. This kind of music actually was, was popular when they wrote this. Yeah. Early 90s. So I think that's a, a great place to stop, actually. It's uh, given us some, some like, Wah. Yeah, yeah. Although, yeah. Yeah, we got, we got somewhere. I mean, finally, there was like, hey, they're eating people. And hey, it's even people we thought they probably wouldn't eat. I, I thought that guy would be eating people and making people. I didn't yeah, know. I, I wouldn't want yeah. Roman links on my plate. Mm-hmm. I mean, damn. Yeah. So who did it? Curo? I forgot. You were the one reading it, dude. I know. I forgot. You were guys. <laughs> That's how forgettable this movie is. 
You guys were the ones listening to it. Like we, I mean, I didn't forget about some of those lines, like the brown magma. I'm oh, like, God, brown. Yeah. How do you get to fucking? How do you get a stew demon out of brown magma? I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> um, well, I mean, I would argue that a stew demon would only come out of brown magma. That's that's a solid point. Yeah, he was. <laughs> you know, I I just did picture. I pictured stew. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I just pictured the magma. I'm part surprised. Like, that's, that's some hot ass stew. I'm surprised that that's not a fucking. I'm surprised that's not one of their shitty names. Uh, who are you? I'm Stu Magma. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Stu Personman. I'm stupid. <laughs> I'm Brown Magma. Jesus Christ. That's fucking. Yeah, Sean. Like Sean was right. We 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 got excited about this script way too early. <laughs> I guess it must have been it must have been a while since we did the Batman one, and because I still have I still have Vietnam flashbacks of reading the Star Wars. I, yeah, we never put that one out there, by the way, uh, Jimmy. It was, it was too bad. I'm like gonna, nobody wants to listen to us for an hour. Just go. Okay, so. Oh my God, this stinks. So then, hold on, I gotta read this list of eight people that are in this scene, even though none of them talk or do and anything. And what their ranks are, <laughs> and what their fucking titles are, and. And it's like it felt. It did remind me of uh, something I heard them say on Mystery Science about how, like, the reason why they didn't do comedies very often, because there's just so many ways. There's only so many ways you can go. This isn't funny. Yeah. <laughs> it would be. It would be like uh, Blasto Mark Merck walks on. Blasto Mark Merck <laughs> walks on. <laughs> walks into the battle room. Behind him stands Admiral Fistelbach <laughs> Shumbledump. Kit Fisto. Oh my god. I know that's a real name. But. Yeah. Corporal Donglebonk McSklungledog. <laughs> hey, fucking Tolkien names. Yeah. <laughs> they are the repurposed Tolkien names. Tolkien names, man. I actually uh, saw. <laughs> A great quiz online. I think it was on Cracked, actually. That it was like, is this a Star Wars character name? Oh yeah. Or an NPR host? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Darth Maul. Yeah. <laughs> Which one is it? So, um, yeah, that's that. Uh, subscribe if you like this. If you don't like it, subscribe anyway, and we'll just keep fucking spamming your podcast app with more episodes anyway until you get sick of it. Also, if you like us, but you don't like listening to us read scripts, then just listen to Touche El Douche, which is our weekly podcast. Or, far more likely, if you do actually like us reading scripts and want to hear us not read scripts and do other if you like us reading scripts where are you going with this <laughs> it's he's trying to be more likely and precise and all that dumb no shit. here's yeah, what i'm saying <laughs> yeah, where does that get you? i'm not buying yeah. that someone is listening to this going i don't like the content i like the guys though <laughs> <laughs> these, these sound like great guys that doesn't well then that doesn't put a whole lot of fucking faith in your thing because we read shitty scripts dude <laughs> what, what i'm saying the scripts is, are the really the draw if you enjoy this uh we have other stuff for you to listen yeah. to a lot, a lot of other stuff. If you don't enjoy this, you're probably not going to like. It's the amazing other stuff, you made it this far. Know. If you didn't enjoy this, how did you make it this far? That's that's a good point. It's a it's a real good point. 
<laughs> maybe, maybe it's the Wachowskis they might saying be. they're going. You motherfuckers, Jimmy. Uh, you got anything to say about the Wachowskis? I just hope they do better. I, I just want them to do better. Yeah, just do better, man. Give me something I want to look at because I like Bound a lot. Yeah, and I really yeah. like The Matrix, and I even like the other two one after that. And I like Speed Racer. Speed just Racer. give me something. Just just a couple more, and I'll be happy. Just two more. You want to be able to buy that that uh, that, definitive... that 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 box set? Yeah, man. the Wachowskis box set. Yeah. Did they ever um, remember the other box set that we always wanted? Was the uh, the John. Um, which one was it? The one that we saw all the time in Pennsylvania. Um, I wanted Richards. Wanted that one too. Yeah, there was a lot up there. God, we're getting off topic. But uh, yeah, we are. So yeah. why don't we? Uh, why don't we get the fuck out of here? Yeah. And um, are we doing another one, or are we done for the night? No, let's do another I, one. I I can't. I gotta make dinner, guys. Oh, uh, Jimmy yeah. can't. So I, I yeah, I, I gotta make for dinner night. for my yeah. I gotta make dinner for Grandma. All right. right. So we're gonna do this. You know she won't eat it. Yeah, uh, Jimmy, you available to, f- to finish up on Monday? Yeah, well, uh, you want to do it at uh, 12? Um, it'd probably be a little later than that. i got to take my wife to the airport. Where's she going? Sarasota. Nice place. Yeah. Oh, it's you've a, been there? Yeah, it's a great place if you like. Yeah, I mean, it's, really, if you it's like, expensive. It's expensive, but it's a really nice place. Nice town. See, the, the joke is we town. all met in Sarasota. That's right. It's a circus town, folks. Where children's uh, children's entertainers jerk off in uh, movie theaters, and uh, amazingly, it actually makes their career better twenty years later. It, well, yeah, and, there was uh, a lot it, of not better. There was a lot of downtime. Yes, for <laughs> Jeff, uh, Jeffrey Pee-wee. Jones lives there, and he got busted for child porn. But did he move there, or was he? Because see, Pee Wee was there when it happened. Because Pee Wee went to high school in Sarasota. Well, I know uh, Pee Wee grew up in Sarasota, yeah. but I'm saying, um, no, no, Jeffrey was there when it happened, though he was in oh, Sarasota. Really? I yeah. didn't know that. Yep. Wait, Jeffrey was living in Sarasota. Jeffrey Jones was living in Sarasota. Yeah. When Pee Wee did. When he got. When he got. No. When Jeffrey Jones got busted for child oh, pornography. Oh. Okay. See, that's. Rooney. <laughs> Rooney. Huh? <laughs> Call me sir. God it, damn you it. Know, it! It puts a whole new, a whole new twist that's on him voice. trying to sneak into a high school student's bedroom. Yeah. You know what? That's a good. That's a twist we should do. We, we could. We could use um, the fake. Um, the fake Sloan Peterson's de- or Mr. Peterson voice from Ferris Bueller. Mind your P's and Q's, Buster. And remember yeah. who you're dealing with. Always liked it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anything else to say, folks? No. Goodbye. This podcast Goodbye, was created by Sean McBee and produced by Ferris Wheelhouse. <laughs> Fuck. Cut to black. <laughs>